Hey everybody, and welcome to the Martial Mind Podcast. Today we're going to be going over traditional training, what it means to all of us, and kind of just the ins and outs of it. Uh, I'm Ryan, and I'm here with John and Ed. What up? Greetings. Greetings. Hello. Oh. I just partially through the intro have to become Danish. <laughs> My shoes are now made of wood. <laughs> it's so funny you're doing that because I literally just ah. yesterday brought up to a Eastern European client, your Eastern European, your indiscriminate mm. Eastern European person. Hello, maybe. <laughs> well, she she was telling me about she was telling me about Easter traditions in I think she's from I want to say Ukraine hmm. okay. originally. She's going to be pissed if she hears this, and I don't remember exactly where she's And why from. are you actively <laughs> making us lose listeners? It's okay. I it's don't, fine. Okay. <laughs> now for the self-sabotage of the day. Yeah, 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 yeah. something bad. It's okay. But they have, <laughs> an, e- they okay. have an Easter lamb, and if you don't wear something new on Holy Monday, it shits on you. That's oh their that is such, like, funny, like... Like the weird, like dark Gothic German tales, where they're like, where they're just like, no, no, if you the Krampus comes in, <laughs> it abducts you. If you don't cut your fingernails short enough, he comes in and skins the cat, and you're like, <laughs> Merry Christmas. It's like, what? This is I'm the exact. Mo- this is the exact character that I was describing yeah, to her. So just, at least it's worth it if she does listen it's, to it. It's all just she like listen to our first one. Yeah, she listened to our first one. So thanks again. You know who you are. It's just my, my, this character I'm playing, it's not an actual person, so no one be offended. It's just basically, like, the random utterances of, like, Rolf from Ed, Ed, Nettie. Eight bully. The head son of the shepherd. Head and suck eight bully. <laughs> just, like, you just... I'm currently on our Discord, finally, and yes, there is no one on it. So. <laughs> All right, well, hello, no one. <laughs> hello, nobody. We're doing good. It's, we're doing good. But, you know, we have had some really positive feedback. Yeah. And we would love for those guys and, you know, those ones who are our consistent listeners to, like, get on the Discord and discuss with us so we can, like, start sharing our training together as, as a community, not just through, like, likes and comments on Facebook posts, but, like, we could share and talk together, you know, in, in the Discord. And, uh, you know, it's a it's a, the, the, the lowest tier on Patreon will get you access to that. And I think we're going to also add, you were talking earlier about a book club, which I really like that idea. So yeah. let's know what you guys think about that. Yeah, that's a, a definitely a project we want to do down the road um, as we get more consistent listeners is go over, is kind of have either like a reading list or something and have, you know, books, especially, especially books that we also haven't read yet that we want to read. Um, then kind of everyone can, you know, uh, just develop along together and, and, you know, also talking about doing hard shit, you know, s- sitting down and reading in today's day and age is also difficult. It can be. So sitting down reading and then, you know, we'll probably have either a live stream or a QA and a in something uh, where we can, um, you know, go over the, the, the main points of the book, talk about them and kind of do our own podcast and have you guys kind of chime in and, you know, take it from there. Um, but we have a, we have a lot of plans uh, for all of this. You know, I, I definitely think in the next month uh, we're going to try to definitely start getting some um, some video content, and really start getting like the YouTube channel going. Um, so we'll start, and same thing on the Instagram, you'll start seeing some more little video clips of us training and, and things like that. So definitely stay tuned for that because we're going to start really expanding what we're, what we're doing. And not even to say that we're anything like super impressive, just to kind of share what we do. Yeah. You know? Just to like, show us learning is a better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Before the hate comes like, these guys aren't Kung Fu masters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Steven Seagal could probably kick their ass. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there, there, there's, um, oh, there's like this guy, he's like the karate nerd. I, I, I can't remember oh, his uh, name. Oh, it's, you know uh, it's uh, uh, Jesse Enkamp. You know all these fucking people, Love dude. Love Jesse Enkamp. Like, <laughs> Jesse Enkamp's really, I, I watched part of a Steven Seagal video. Those guys 
are so cool because they are not to not to be like, oh, you're driving the bus? No, I'm driving the bus. Sorry to take your Jesse Enkamp story, but I'll give it back to you in a second. <laughs> well, it's not really a story. But, yeah, 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 that guy, exactly. But he's, um, but he's uh, you know, in watching him, kind of watching him do his videos, especially, you know, he, he did one recently. I'm sure this is what you're referring to. Of He did a video where he went to, um, I think it was Dubai, uh, where he uh, met with Steven Seagal and, like, trained with him. That's exactly what I'm talking about. So. And he yeah. trained with him and just... And he also, he actually, actually where I first found out about him was he went to China and did like a two video, a two part video thing on like Kung Fu and like his understandings of Kung Fu and like how it bridges with karate, which is really, really cool. Um, but definitely check him out. Um, Jesse Encamp on YouTube. He's really, really cool. And just th- their way of learning and they're just so open and they're so humble in their way of really just being open to so many different types of understandings of training and, and methods and things like that. Um, where people could be like, "Oh, see what's a goal," and they're like, "No, let's see what he has to see what he has to offer," and you know, so it's it's really how it should be, you know, with with martial arts in general. So, you know, I know we poke fun and, and everything like that, but you know, that really is the true, you know, the true empty cup mentality. Just you know, knowing that you don't know everything, and it's a combination of you don't know everything and everyone has something to teach you, probably. But it's e- like, either it's te- just a lot of fun to do this to impression. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't take a lot of energy to. Well, that's why he does it, because it doesn't take a lot of energy. (laughs) Two-thirds of that movie, he was sitting in the chair at the table. (laughs) Dude, dude, uh, Sniper Special Ops. A bananas After we recorded episode seven, we spent a little while watching clips of that movie. Insane. Holding that sniper rifle against his cheek, like not even on his shoulder. Oh, it was so ridiculous. It looked like a a soldier costume promo that like Party City would do. (laughs) Like, Like literally. Um, but I can lock your wrists. I can lock your wrists. <laughs> just give it to me. <laughs> you just give me your wrists. Just uh, mind, mind no, if, if, you, if, you, if you just stick out your arm and put it in my hand. Right? <laughs> no, uh, no, my other arm. <laughs> my other arm. Excuse my nasaliness. It's allergy season out here for me, and I'm on, you know, I've got Claritin and Dayquil. But and most importantly, before the podcast started, uh, Ed ate an entire clove of garlic in front of us. <laughs> it's true story. And it cleared my sinuses. I'm literally about to get up and get another one. Like I don't, I don't know if I'm emotionally prepared to watch you eat another piece of garlic. So it seems like a form of distress, Ed. We're all worried about you. <laughs> it's spicy. It clears out your nose. You need a therapist. You Please. You need an allergist and a an therapist. An allergist and a therapist. Back to affording therapy. For just $5 a month, you can subscribe to our Patreon and be part of our Discord. <laughs> Please. Please. Um, but I, to kind of jumping in uh, off the uh, the ADD tantrum, uh, jumping into today of, of kind of what we wanted to uh, what we wanted to talk about. Uh, was a little bit more in-depth on traditional training and um, kind of what that looks like in, in our daily training regimen and kind of our experiences at the school and in our system um, and kind of some of the benefits of it and what, yeah, what you can gain from it and, uh, you know, maybe how they could compare to um, more modern modern styles of training and kind of what, what, the, what the differences are. Um, you know, so I mean, with within our system, you know, we, you really are exposed to, especially when you first start, uh, to real, super traditional ways of training. So I mean, even as a as a very basic example, you know, at the beginning of every class, we do bucket training, where we literally have like Shaolin monks, you know, f- like five to seven pound wooden buckets that we hold out for a couple of minutes, and that and all, and all these exercises scale based off of what level and what class you're at and in. Uh, we so do. Why I really want to start doing those a couple extra times a week with heavier weights because the monks would, the monks would uh, put water put in water them. in them yeah, in the buckets. We, and we, like then there's the diagrams that we got at the retreat last year. Yeah, uh, where it shows some of the like recovered historical drawings 
uh, or, or maybe like reiterations of um, what the exercises looked like. Right. Because you have to remember, like a lot of form work, the reason that it's linear is because, like, I mean, going in a straight line, you know, obviously as you get more advanced forms or you kind of going in all directions, but it's still kind of like straight line to straight line to straight line. Like I like to tell the younger students that like they should visualize graph paper on the floor mm. and so they can understand their angles. You know what I mean? Like if you can visualize the squares, you're going forward or backwards or on the 180 or you're going on a 45 and you're going from corner to corner in the graph, you know, in the box, you know? Right. Um, that being said that like a lot of the older forms and a lot of the more uh, 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 beginner forms are more just linear, just in a straight line back and forth Easier to teach. Because you're teaching hundreds of people or many students at a time, and you only have so much space, and also because there was no video, so you could, you had to translate it a certain way. So you would translate it linearly because you were drawing it in two dimensions on a piece of paper, right, or on a wall or something like that. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and um, the oh, well, no, no, finish your point because I, I was I was gonna. I'm uh, sorry. I th- I, yeah. No, no, so, no, it's okay. So um. But the, the, the point that I'm making, mm-hmm. I forgot. So you continue. <laughs> that's all right. That's what that was. <laughs> um, no, but that's that's a good point. And that is that is why it, it's just it's a cool, almost like little historical fact of why most things started off linearly, especially. Oh, with, the with piece more. of paper. Oh, I'm go. sorry. We're that back. was where, we're back. back. So the piece of paper would demonstrate they were actually with their instead of holding it with our hands, they were holding with their fingertips little urns. Mm-hmm. And then it would be a bigger, 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 and then more sand, more sand, more sand, more sand, more sand over a period of time. We just add time with the same weight, which is also terrible. Yeah. Um, yes. But hell. I would like to start. Symmetric. I would hell. like to start adding weight once a week and seeing like mm. how that. Because like you know, it's not the same. Like doing like lateral shoulder raises and everything like that. It's 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 good because you're building. Um, I think about building muscle like having material to build the building i like to think about traditional training this long-term lifelong process as you're building this estate Mm -hmm. right yeah so if you think about it when you first walk into the school you're walking like you're walking into like an open field right and now you have to build this estate on it so first you have to start with the basic foundation so you have to clear the shit out of the way Mm. that's when you start changing your diet that's when you start Mm. uh finally incorporating different exercises into your life for the first time you start learning how to train learning how to control your body weight learning how to move you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um you're clearing the field and then you're building your basic techniques so you're digging out the basement and you're setting the foundation Mm -hmm. you're laying the cement down and then you start with the ra- you know, with the walls and then the rafters, and then you add to it, and then you add more buildings, and so you have this beautiful, rich estate that you've built of all the knowledge and techniques. This, 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 this temple yeah. that you you've maintain, constructed. Keep, keep you know? the grounds clean. You know, grounds clean. And then maintain it. Keep the yeah. grounds clean. Always going back to the basics, yeah. making sure the foundation hasn't cracked, making sure that everything's good. There's no water leaks or rats in your basement. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Th- but. Things like that, you know what I mean? So it's also uh, a good idea to take those basics and to add new challenges for yourself outside of just your class. Because remember, your classes, you only have some, you only have what? We, with the kids, we say we have three hours a week. What do we have? Maybe like six to seven hours a week, eight hours a week if we're lucky. Yeah. And, and if we make it to everything, mm-hmm. if life doesn't get in the way, work and everything like that, family, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you, you know you have a responsibility to your instructor because they're passing this lineage on to you. You have a responsibility to the people who are younger ranks than you. Even if you're just like, like for us, it's no sash, white sash, yellow sash. Even if you're a white sash, you got to show those new people how they're, a white sash is supposed to act. Yeah. So if you start forgetting your basics, if you start not 
practicing the techniques and challenging yourself at home to learn these things in new ways. You know what I mean? It's like a, a teacher doesn't give a student information just because they want them to regurgitate it. They want to make it a part of them so that they can then go out into the world and and advance that knowledge. You know what I mean? Right. And advance themselves. Yeah. Kind of becoming more of an instinctual and muscle memory sort of thing. That's where we get do all those basics at such great repetition. You know, every class, well, not every class, almost every class, we go through the basics, and they just they're supposed they're designed to become almost muscle memory. Yes, but you can't paint if you don't know how to use each brush. Right. You but start. then once you can once you understand each brush, you can paint whatever picture you like. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And right. that and that's and that is again true with any type of training. But it's it's kind of again bring it back to like what makes traditional training traditional is the real emphasis of the basics but like not just like oh you got to know how to do this kick to do another kick it's like again perfect example just to lead it back into uh like yesterday we had um uh advanced class and we were doing spear which i'm sorry i missed hmm. i will forgive you maybe mm, i missed you at tai chi too bud <laughs> passive aggressive tai chi comments <laughs> um but you know where we were doing spear techniques and for the first 45 minutes of class we did um in sets um in we probably did i want to say probably six sets of 100 reps each different like very basic spear techniques so literally like you know block block press strike you know and we and we did that 100 times nonstop together mm-hmm. and then for like a minute minute and a half we would hold the spear out um, all the way at the end with our with our arm fully extended for like wrist and that type of that type of um, you know kind of martial weapon you know kind of weapon based strength yeah, with one arm yeah it right out. and like that type of stuff of like oh this isn't flashy this is hard and boring some people may may think but you know people like our teacher or like again people from our system are like yeah but like this is the shit that like really gets you good but also really builds your mind up it really. Because it's not flashy. It's not like, oh, we're gonna do this today. Then we're gonna do this cool thing tomorrow. Then we're gonna then we're gonna do arts and crafts on Friday. It's right. just to break it up a little bit. We're gonna have movie day on Saturday. It's like no, no, no. It's like we're just gonna do, we're just gonna do these spear techniques five hundred times. We're gonna do four techniques over six hundred movements and over the span of 600, 600 repetitions, and then you're going to get a water break after that, because that's what we did. We, we did probably about 600 reps of different movements mm-hmm. for 45 minutes, then got our first water break, wow. then went into other stuff. You know, then we went into partner work. So it's, it's, it's this understanding of like, like, hey, like, this is how the training works. It's, you need to have the mental fortitude to even go through the training to really understand the lesson of, of what it is. Because if you're not paying attention if you're just like okay this sucks Mm -hmm. you know but uh, you know that's that's more the beginning understanding or the beginning reaction where as an advanced student at a minimum you're like okay this fucking sucks (laughs) yeah how can i you know what is this showing me about myself why is this sucking don't you know try to turn this into a mental lesson and then also okay while i'm doing this techniques it's very easy for me to just walk through them so it's not as hard but am i hitting my stances Am I is my body are my body are my body mechanics correct to be able to make sure that I'm blocking correctly in the mirror? So that type of stuff. Think about over the span of hun- literally hundreds and hundreds of reps. We had the other class, Ed. I don't know if you remember that kicking class we did months ago, probably last winter, where I think we did it was we were working in pairs of two, but I was working with you, and it was 
one person held a pad, the other person was kicking, and we did reps of 100, hitting the pad as hard as you can. So it'd be like, okay, um, one person's going to throw a roundhouse, a real leg roundhouse kick um, for power 100 times with the rest of the class while we're counting. Then the other person's going to go. Then we're going to switch back, and they're going to do the other leg. Yeah, I remember and, that class because C. Lloyd actually complimented my kick. And, like, you don't get compliments a lot. So no. I remembered that. He was yeah. like, you got a good roundhouse kick, but you also need to have control over your shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, so, I, I got the same thing. They were like, this, he was like, this kick is good, but this kick's shit. And I was like, yeah. okay, <laughs> so I'm breaking even. Yeah, yeah. But, but, you know, it's that type of it's that type of training where you're like, it's not always flashy, and it's not always, like, traditionally or conventionally fun you know what i mean but again mm. it's that understanding of why you're training because it's not just it's not just the it's not just the material yourself you're learning that's teaching you things it's also how you're learning it is teaching you things you know what i mean so it's like it's like the hey the material is over there on the other side of the room just go walk over to it and you'll learn the material you'll read the book that's there but also if it's up a fucking hill and there's two grizzly bears in front of you <laughs> also the the journey in learn in how you're learning it is also part of the lesson. So that's a big part of, I would say that to kind of distill a big part of traditional training is, yes, the knowledge is there, but also how you practice it and distill it while you're learning it in that kind of hardcore, we're going to do it over and over again until you throw up and then do it more and don't slip on your vomit type way of doing things is really really what it is. It it builds you mentally too, and it's the things that a lot of other schools don't want to do because it makes you lose students. You know, yeah, because you because you really understand when we suffer if from you, that. Yeah, you, you really understand if if you know your stuff. If you start like you know, really having trouble at rep twenty, do you really know it? Right, you gotta you gotta put in a little more work, like you were describing earlier. It's like pouring that concrete and setting that foundation. Just keep pouring concrete. You're gonna have a bigger, stronger foundation. You keep putting those minutes in with the very basics, like the horse dances and the, and the blocks and everything. Like the more you do that that shit, the stronger it gets. So and you never stop. You, you never. I'm I'm sure in the advanced classes you still do basics at a higher volume. You mm-hmm. know, uh, because it's just it's tantamount to uh, to your progression to do those basics. It's really important to to ingrain those, and that's it's really we're all we're all doing that uh, pretty much every time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Know? Higher volume and in a different way a lot of the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it was fun when you put those weights in the buckets at one time. <laughs> you come around like one of my favorite things to do is to hurt my friends, and he just <laughs> you put the little five, the little two pounders in. Yeah, I don't think we talk about that a lot. That I teach the class that John is in. Right. A lot of the time, it's yeah. not like it's my class. Like you know, it's, I, I sometimes see when you are given teach. the opportunity. Yeah, to I'm teach given them. the opportunity to teach. Right. And right. I'm very very grateful for it. But it's also fun because I have my girlfriend and one of my best friends in the class, and I get to just fucking harass them the yeah. whole time and it's so much fun like, for me today we're going over domestic abuse <laughs> Everyone, who, who wants some rings in their buckets it's like please I'm, I'm, ni- I'm nice to Jenny when she trains I'm very nice to Jenny when she trains for the most part I will but I don't I feel like it's not something you have to emphasize twice I don't a little sh- you know well I, mean? I don't sugarcoat anything yourself. you know what I mean I don't sugarcoat anything I tell her when, th- when stuff's not right Right. Yeah. But I'm not like, that fucking sucks. Do yeah. it again. You we're going to talk about this when I get home. No, yeah. it's like, dude, when we were, when we were no, doing... She attacks me. You see it. Oh, she does. She instigates. <laughs> she does instigate. She's like, how does this technique work? And I'm like staring a pot. You're like, I'm making fucking rice. Like, stop. <laughs> put the knife down. Yeah. Put the... <laughs> but, uh... Oh, I'm geez. actually about to hit purchase on a, on the uh, the, the Yijin Jing. What I think that's that? what I'm going to do. That's the tendon changing classic. So it made me think of it when Ryan was talking about holding out the staff straight before. It's a book I've always wanted to read. Um, it's the tendon changing classic. It's a Qigong book. Sifu's read it. He recommended it to me. Um, mm-hmm. 
It but it's literally where, change your it's, tendons. But it's where a lot of the ideas come from, from a lot of these exercises. And it's more Qigong-related exercises. But again, the physical work and the isometric work that we do is not just for strength and to torture. It's to literally change the composition of your tendons and ligaments. Mm. You know? Yeah, that isometric long, slow burn. In, in Chinese medicine, tendons and ligaments are, are sinew. They're not, they're not separated. You know what I mean? Western, we separate them because they serve different functions, whereas ligaments hold your bones to your bones. Tendons hold your muscles to your bones. So they have certain differences, although they are made of pretty much similar material. Tendons are usually a little bit more elastic, and then you also have things certain like the Golgi tendon organ, like your, your – uh, you know, your stretch, your stretch reflex, you know, mm. doesn't let your muscles stretch too far, like how you catch yourself. That's all Golgi tendon organ stuff. That's a lot of what we work on mm. when it comes to explosivity. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like a lot of the children's, quote unquote, <laughs> children's exercises that mm-hmm. we do, the mm-hmm. jumping and the leaping and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and the handstand nonsense and the push up pops and all mm-hmm. that. That's all to change your, your tendons. Oh, the bear walks. Oh, <laughs> but it's to change your tendons and it's to change the elasticity of your tendons so it's about that's why we also get put in locks that's why it's so important to get put in locks because your tendons and ligaments then change and respond first of all your pain response knows just how you are and you can understand that's why we do it slowly so you can understand the feeling of just before a lock sets in so that way you can then respond to that and be fluid and reverse it or move <laughs> do something, you know yeah. what I mean? We hope. Uh, you, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So it made me think of that because a lot of those exercises and the things that we do traditionally, it's for so much more than that. And you're going to, some people are going to ask themselves, what's the point? And you're right. In the mo- in modern society, in the cu- cushy, comfy lives that we're living right now, there might not seem like there is a point, but it's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. That's right. You know yeah. what I mean? Especially if they do take our guns away. Hmm. I want to know how to kill you with a stick. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? With my bare hands. Yeah. Not, not even that. I mean, like, think about, like, the way things relate. What is a staff but a stick? It's a stick. Right. The mother of all weapons, right? Yeah. And what's a spear but a stick with a pointy end? <laughs> you know? Yeah. It, understanding that broadsword is a baseball bat. This is how I've always thought about these things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Double daggers are kitchen knives. Butterfly swords are butcher knives or meat cleavers Mm. or something like that. You know what I mean? Like there's always a modern transition or a modern, uh, 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 I don't know what the word I'm... Um, um, Version? Like translation. Version. Version is good. Translation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You you understand the basic Mm -hmm. idea of what I'm trying to say. There's, there's, There's a way that you can use all of it. You know what I mean? There's a way that it can help you in any kind of situation like god forbid even if you just understand these basics and you apply them to anything any anything you could potentially think of that you could defend yourself with just Mm -hmm. understanding how to use the weapons and move the weapons and the strength of all these things and the differences in all of them you know what i mean like it's cool to learn and it's theory so you're interested in the theory of combat and you're learning combat theory and weapon theory and all that kind of stuff and how can that apply? It's hook swords, with fire poker with the hook on the end of it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. It's 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 just this is where my brain goes with this kind of stuff. Like, how could I relate that to something else? You know what I mean? And the thing is, too, is leading this back in traditional into traditional training, like a cornerstone in our experience of traditional Chinese martial arts training um, is weapon work. 
you know, kind of having that idea of a complete system where for us, you know, we have a good understanding and a good education and we get a good education on kind of this very integrated lesson plan of the culture and the history and weapon work and internal Tai Chi work and, you know, external work and how all of those things blend together into kind of one, you know, amalgam, like one system basically that we use and we pull different theories from, we pull different things, you know, we kind of drop it down out of the kind of the hovering like kung fu ether to go like hey this is what we're going to go over today but it but you know but it's still connected to everything else which they always kind of lead it back to but you know weapon training is a perfect example of kind of one of the one of those more traditional modes of training where people are like oh well what is really the benefit of that you know what is the you know because yes on the one hand are you more likely to probably get into a hand-to-hand combat altercation than a weapon altercation probably more than likely, but also but if it's a survival, if it's a survival scenario, I'm gonna look for the closest thing to me. Oh no, mm. of, of course, I'm just I'm just talking about like a like a bar fight or something compared to you know. But 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 again, there's all principles of so like okay, so so from a traditional standpoint, you know, what are the benefits of of, of weapon training? Well, on the one hand, just even from a, a cultural and system perspective, it is. Um, a part of the system and it's integrated with all the same principles, all the same philosophies and all the same training modalities. Uh, so on top of that, um, but we've talked about this before that all of your weapon techniques directly correlate to open hand techniques. So it's another understanding and different, um, avenue of understanding fight theory and understanding of how to translate it to open hand techniques. Um, and that's, and to me, that is just a, it's just a more well thought out overall fight philosophy and system to be able to have something like that. And what I think for traditional training that I think is 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 probably most under underlooked at, and we were talking about this before the podcast started, is the that type of like old school traditional strength that you get from doing things like weapon training. I mean, even just you holding a broadsword or you swinging it, doing all that rotational work, or you. I mean, we, even us, what we were doing with Spear yesterday, where we're literally, you literally just holding out uh, a five and a half, six foot long stick with a blade at the end of it, uh, where you're holding the end of the weapon and your arm is fully out. I mean, the type of strength that that builds in your wrists, your forearms, your fingers, uh, your, your, your interconnective muscle in your arms. And on top of that, too, we were even doing basic stuff as in doing stance work across the floor, just doing different staff techniques of... of you know, you know, of different strikes and different blocks with one hand. So, you know, you think the enti- the the type of kind of um, realistic and practical strength that that can build in doing things like that, and that, and I feel like that's a type of strength that is not always uh, seen and kind of experienced or felt a lot of the time with tradition with uh, more modern ways of training. Yeah, you know, I mean, there was uh, like a lot of the exercises we do, like we start the class with the buckets and everything, and all that stuff came from those diagrams, like like Ed mentioned earlier. There's one diagram I saw one time, I forget where exactly, where um, the monks had this. Um, it was kind of like a horizontal, like a handle with a rope attached in the middle, and they would, at the end of the rope there would be like a a bucket or a jar or the containers that they would use. I was doing, like, I was doing that the other day. And we they, have those at the school. Yeah, and uh, well, that's, uh, it hasn't gone to us, but I've seen it. and I know it exists, mm-hmm. and and you roll the handle to lift the jar with the rope and like just the immense forearm work forearm workout you must get from that. This is that's the kind of old school strength we're talking about here. It comes from these exercises. 
And I'm um, pretty excited to, to have that, you know, done to me or to me yeah. do that to myself. And what's, and what's cool, too, with with that is is this idea of even talking about like traditional strength, mm-hmm. you know, you you know, you have the you know, you have your teachers like um, show techniques on you and you're like, oh, shit, mm-hmm. this like these people who look like if you saw them in the grocery store, you'd be like, oh, that's a that's a dude, you know, <laughs> but then they, 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 they like put their hands on you or like. This guy is now well. This guy is like three wolves duct taped together, and one of them has a bazooka. <laughs> one of them just has like a handgun. You're like, what is going on? No, absolute weapons. Yeah, literally. I mean, even like um, you know, one of our one of our we've mentioned him before, Sifu Nick. You know, has a severe severe back injury where basically one of his discs is almost completely gone, and and he will fuck you up, dude. He's he will literally he, he moves, and you're like, it's it's like they just you're like how. Literally, like, how? literally, how <laughs> literally, how? But it, but what's cool is they make it look easy. Yeah, but 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 and but like one of the ways, at least in in my you know where I'm at in my training, my understanding of like where they get that strength from is, is again is that is that traditional way of training, which comes from that integration of knowing and practicing all those different things. So these people get this level of power output and body control and body understanding through an understanding of the internals and the understanding of how energy and power transfers through their body and how to utilize it and use the body in a functional way. Um, you know, what would be considered by modern standards, unor- more unorthodox strength training through weapon work, um, you know, and also the external work that we do all of those things together. Just, I mean, you know, just kind of blend into this, this like um this strength and power output that like is kind of really shocking when like people who you know who to to like to someone just walking past them they may not they'd be like oh they're in shape but they may not think that they're you know as scary as we know them as but like when they lay their hands on you you're like oh shit these people could literally rip me apart and like i couldn't stop them if i paid them money to it stop is, it is a staggering the level of just absolute dominance these guys are at in terms of like their physical capabilities and their strength and it's sneaky like Sifu Nick's like strength and, and just ability like you, you don't expect it until you see it and you're like oh my god it's a spectacle and it all comes from all that, that training like you said and yeah. this idea that you have to be able to do like backflips and fucking bench 315 in order to be really damaging and really effective in a fight against yeah. somebody who's bigger than you is 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 not true and everyone at our school especially the black sashes are all limited in a certain degree of what they're able to do Sifu Sifu Lloyd is a perfect example where there's certain things that like he'll say he's like hey he's like you know I can't do these anymore or I can't there's certain light skills I can't do and he's like you know what that's okay I do what I can and I modify it and I go hard as I can on those things and I go really hard on other things that I can do to the fullest you know and they that's just the reality of training you know it's that it's that that's also part of that traditional the traditional mindset of being like I can't do this fully but you know what let me modify it still get the work in still understand the principle and then be able to still kick the shit out of you with something else, you know? Like, yeah, it's funny because he's taught me how to do stuff that he can't do anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. And not still that pass, I'm good at still, it. Still, you no, know what I mean? Just, yeah. Still still pass, still passing it on, though, you know? Right. I mean, I met a, I met someone recently that was interested in coming to train, but they uh, something had happened in the medically where their right arm uh, is, I guess, less capable. I'm not exactly sure what happened what happened to them. But um, she uh, she was like, yeah, you think they can, like, you think it's possible to train and still have this problem? And I was like, well, I mean, there are students with other physical limitations, and you make them known, and then... There was a last share with one hand. Yeah. So... Literally. So, if... Yeah. There's... there's Where there's a will, there's a way. As yeah. corny and cheesy as that sounds, the only thing holding you back from doing what you want to do is you. Right. But there, you gotta... There, she had some... Um, 
I guess apprehension, you know, it would be a big, uh, big first time thing for it. And I was like, yeah, come give it a shot. We're, we're not going to leave you in the dust. Lots of people have apprehension. Oh my God. And lots of people sign up and don't realize that they have to like not go out drinking at <laughs> seven o'clock on Friday. Go at nine. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's like, not many people are, are, are willing to make that sacrifice. Right. Yeah. Seven, seven, eight is uh, when the beginner class starts and. Yeah, that's pretty much right after work for most people. You know, for me, I got to dedicate a day to it, and it's it, it work is showing up. Like like we've said in other episodes, I feel like eighty percent of it's showing up, getting there, and then the other twenty percent feels like a hundred percent because it's a lot. Yeah. So you know, the the traditional training is is a real under I think under like it's it's stuff that's done, it's stuff that's practiced, you know, by people in the traditional community, but it's stuff that it's I think is more or less ignored to a certain degree at least in the way people theorize it and talk about it and implement it with with more modern modern understandings of things um mm. and it's i think it really is the real underpinning of what we do and how we do it and why we do you know not us personally but why the system creates such you know great fighters and martial artists and 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 that kind of less spoken about traditional way of training of this is the you know older way of building strength and the and and the older way of you know kind of just different understandings of you know um, culture you know through different cultures you know where things started um, where things originated and um, you know it's it's really cool to kind of keep that type of culture and that type of understanding and information alive and to be able to pr- and, and but not just not just keep it on life support but be living it and have it be a living breathing thing through these people that are training it it's really it's really really cool it's uh. It's pretty exciting. So no, um, without a doubt, man. I mean, there's there is some kind of there feels like some kind of mysticism, but it's really just uh, achieving such a level of, of you know uh, strength and flexibility. It it does. It's, it feels like magic. I couldn't do this before. You know, my life's completely different. My body's cha- you go through so many changes when you train for long enough, and uh, it's it, it's really great walking that path. You know, because there's measurable changes that happen to make you feel better. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, like you know, it it as long as you just keep taking steps forward. Right. It doesn't really make a difference, you know? You just got to keep going. That's really that's yeah. all that matters. You don't know how far you're going. And guess what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, as long right. as you're further than where you were yesterday, who cares? Exactly. Exactly. You don't, you don't need to be Usman in order to like, you know what I mean? Like, that doesn't <laughs> have to be everybody's goal. Yeah. And, and to, or even to be great. You know what I mean? Right. You don't, have, you don't even have to compete. Because what is, what is that even proving? It's proving yeah. it to other people. You know? Mm-hmm. It's like pieces of paper. It's like all the shit that, that you know, like, I, I know I gotta hang up my stuff in the office because I've been getting that question like are you licensed and it's like yes I'm li-. okay I guess I gotta hang up my pieces of paper because pieces yeah. of paper is so fucking important to people you know what I mean are a lot of people impersonating massage therapists is this like a like are you certified well, are you board certified <laughs> you need there's to have a- this piece of paper to make, to convince me to trust you there, there is a lot of stigmas <laughs> about my profession that I really really just like can't mm-hmm. can't deal with mm-hmm. you know and I, I, I want to be more active on social media to kind of like disprove these things but you know ha- getting there it's, it's it's a process you know you got to figure out how to do this stuff and then make the good stuff and then once you start making good stuff you're posting it more often and then it becomes easier to do and blah 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 xyz one, two, who three. would have thought that dermatologist youtube would be so entertaining like dr pimple popper dude like you want to talk about professions that have had an unknown it makes um, me wish i could pop stuff i can't it's out of my scope of practice <laughs> But like, just oh, this is my job is popping pimples and stuff, and people are are absolutely fascinated by it. It's hypnotizing. <laughs> yeah, it literally is like it's 
It just shows how gross people are. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like a, uh, almost a guilty pleasure, you know? It's like, yeah, Dr. Pimple Popper, and they're like, oh, me too. Like, I'm Dr. Pimple Popper Club, you know? <laughs> like a, like an unknown secret group. <laughs> yeah, dude, just like what, what type of content is available for people online is just astounding and gross. <laughs> yeah. But... but I'm part of the grossness. I'm just like, I'm like, I'll watch that. This is good. <laughs> D- yeah. Directly contributing to its, uh, its, yeah. its uh, excuse me, reposting and ongoing nature. Yeah. <laughs> I just mean for what I do. You right, know that's what, what I'm mean? saying. Like, but, but massage therapy in and of itself, you know, it's seen as this like spa treatment kind of relaxation, but nobody really understands, not nobody, but like a very limited amount of people understand the actual efficacy of the, the you know, the right. medical ethic. I think it's just like of feel massage good. therapy. Help me relax. And it, and it is. And the That's purpose of, of that is to reduce your cortisol levels so that your body can finally get out of fight or flight. That's the whole point of it being a relaxing atmosphere. You know what I mean? I was actually doing some studying yesterday. Um, Janet Travell is the woman who I believe in the 50s, excuse me, um, invented trigger point therapy Mm. she's the one who first came up with the theory she was a medical doctor and you know her research went on for years and the long and short of it is that she mapped out a lot of the referral patterns with trigger points and everything like that and like her whole theory about them and what they cause and what they do it's it's a lot of what i do i may not do her treatments i don't necessarily do a lot of her treatments but um just the 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 symptom related uh, the relief of certain symptoms through the release of trigger points, I should say, right? So it's pretty intense too. As yeah. Somebody I've had, you've done work to uh, work on me releasing trigger points, and it's it's pretty intense. It's, it's it's not it's not always fun, and it's because it stimulates that nerve, you know. But without getting into the science of that, I know that's not what this podcast is about. But like, <laughs> um, I was doing some research yesterday about it, and it was really interesting how it affects your entire body. So like this fascial web and so that like you get these trigger points sometimes by either like overuse, overexertion, like let's say you're seated too long and your hamstrings are flexed, you might get a lot of trigger points in your hamstrings because they've been too shortened for too long. Mm-hmm. Or let's say you're sitting in a weird position and something's overstretched for too long, you can develop trigger points there. And it's essentially that that motor end plate getting stuck on, like the on, the nerve that plugs into the muscle, that turns the muscle on, it gets stuck on and then you have to release it and then the trigger point in of itself is just like a bunch of those little muscle cells all in a bundle together and that will usually elicit what they call a you know a referral pa- referral pain so like you press it and you, like you press something in your lat and then it hurts into your armpit it's like why you know what i mean it's mm. like oh because it's affecting that nervous pathway and then how that can help with the movement and general overall well-being of 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 people and that people she discovered that people in the hospital were actually more complaining about the muscle pains than they were about whatever they were in the hospital for, mm. you know? So that was worse for them. And the relief there o- helped their health overall and helped them recover from whatever else it was. And yeah, a big part of that is also just the relaxing atmosphere. And But obviously there's a lot of connotations that come with massage therapy because of things like that. They don't understand that we understand things like that and that we can release trigger points and right. that we can work on muscular patterns and that we understand anatomy and that we're doing certain orthopedic tests like to make sure like something's a... like XYZ or not, not torn or is torn or should I send you to the doctor because I think you have lymphedema or should I send you to the doctor because I think you might have a blood clot or like all these little things that you have to be aware of, skin conditions that you have to be able to identify visually so that you don't A, give them to your 
yourself or B, make it worse for the client. Like people don't understand this. So it, it, it's like it's like I'm in an esoteric world no matter where I am because the world of kung fu is very misunderstood right, and the world right. of massage therapy is very misunderstood. Right. I'm constantly explaining right. myself. Like you knowing all this stuff. <laughs> it's exhausting. Like you knowing all so this, tired. Like you knowing all this stuff to the chagrin of people who just think you're some guy named like Taz with a ponytail who has a lot of extra oil. Or like shouldn't be around like who shouldn't be around like people's wives. You're like, hey, I'll, I'll I actually that. have a ponytail, so you constantly make these <laughs> references about people who like have ponytails because they're greasy. <laughs> I didn't say anything about being greasy. You said that. I'm okay. Italian, so. <laughs> just going to shake my head at that just, one. That's my response. Just John's head shaking. No, that's um, it. <laughs> you're a greasy Ital, too. Sure am. <laughs> um, no comment. <laughs> but, but yeah, that, that does sound very frustrating, though. You know, having that being like, uh, you know, are you going to help me de-stress? And it's like, yeah, that's part of it. But, like, I'm not, you know, if you want that, you could just get, like, a, a essential oils like essential oils diffuser. Like yeah, you just can, put one in every room of your house. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like put on bird noises for like in the background. Like you don't need to. You don't need. You don't and need. No, it's, you it's know? not. It's not even that. I'm just touching on the, um, you know, the, the 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 esoteric nature of the business, the misunderstanding of what it's capable of and what it's for. You know what right. I mean? And how that relates back to like the how a lot of what we do is misunderstood. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And what then, was the main point before I went off on my tirade about massage therapy? I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm not sure. I wasn't uh, inside of your brain. I couldn't tell. <laughs> I went off-road. Noam was looking at the map. Like, I'm like, did we make a left? I'm like, I don't, were we driving? I don't know. <laughs> Wait, we're moving? <laughs> yeah. We just had the car in park, engine revving, fumes just in the cabin. <laughs> but it's also one of those things where it's like, interestingly enough, they made us learn Tai Chi in school. Right. There was a mandatory Tai Chi and Qigong program in school because mm-hmm. they want us to understand how to like breathe and move and like... You know, funny enough. And it's like, I don't know if you get the same thing from just going to the gym and just being in shape. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I had said, like, you know, lateral raises, it might be the same muscle groups as holding out the buckets, you know, to the side, but it really doesn't develop them in the same way. I'm not sure that like the way that even just knowing the stance work and the movements and how to hold and position your body, it's helped me through being a mechanic because I like used to not compromise my back as much as I would have if I didn't understand how to move my body. I mean, and maybe, yeah, I can see how that could relate when it comes to lifting things when you have a, like, if a, a job that's lifting. But even like just being a body worker in and of itself, like I'm doing mostly like Tai Chi stance work when I'm on the table, mm. when I'm working at somebody and I'm walking around the table or I'm applying my force outward. You know what mm. I mean? That balanced way of holding your stance work in your positions and that traditional training for me has a direct correlation to my actual physical everyday career. Wow. And, th- and that's also something where that's also one of the benefits of traditional understandings of training where like if you're just a fighter or you are just at the or just at the gym working out. Not that you're just a fighter, but you know. Right. No, no, no. no. I, just, I just mean like if you – let's say if you're completely in the external side of martial arts, let's say where you're kind of just like – Okay. Excuse me. Um, or, or, or let's say you're just at the gym and physically fit, you may have better – let's say cardio where you're like oh i i can i can you know use air more efficiently and i have more wind and i have more gas than other people but with that traditional understanding of training and that internal in that in integration of the internals that's something different where then you're learning about breath and the importance of breath as a as a part of your physicality not just like you do more push-ups you do more burpees you breathe better you know, it's not that like that more like simplistic, but un- that, that I not simplistic, but it's just that 
I, it's just a a more A to B understanding of like, yeah, if you if you do more if you do more physical things and you do more cardio, you'll get in better cardio based shape, and then you can have more gas and go and you have more in the tank, and you can go for longer. But mm-hmm. with like, let's say kung fu for example, it's no no no. Breath is like a thing. It's mm-hmm. like, are you where are you where is the air coming from? What part of your body are you breathing with? Controlling your breath and understanding when you should be exhaling and inhaling based on what type of movement you're doing and how all those things integrate. So it's like, and you learn a lot of that through the internals. You learn a lot of that through being like, okay, for, you know, generally for, you know, um, you know, you know, bringing, bringing the hands in or, or sinking in, you are inhaling and any sort of expanding and pushing You're exhaling, which in a sense, you know, not that I have done a lot of martial Tai Chi, but I know that a lot of those same basic principles apply, but also that's no different than, then, um, and then we also do the opposite occasionally. No, that's what I mean. So you're, out, you're outstretching and you're inhaling, and then you're coming. You know what I mean? Well, that's like, why I said like for for basic, like that's a you know a much right. more basic understanding. But again, for even for scaling, that's a more advanced understanding. But seeing how deep the the understanding of breathing and breath goes as like its own thing to train. Right. You, you know, know, it's almost like you have to relearn proper breathing when you start Tai Chi, and if you take it seriously enough. Uh, because like even Sifu Nick, last time we were sparring, I was winded, and he's like, "Dude, you breathe all with your upper chest, man. It's it's like you have to um use the, the rest of your muscles you know, to like your diaphragm and you're kind of breathing to your belly button, you know. That's yeah. how you get those big breaths. And yeah, you know, I lose track, and I suddenly like, I get up in my chest when I breathe, and you know, just relearning how to breathe in of itself is really the key to um, avoiding fatigue as long as possible and having uh, that cardiovascular you know health. And so, yeah. Uh, but yeah, relearning breathing that's. That's step one. And it goes back to the, like building the house that I was talking to before, talking right. about before. You know what I mean? Like, like part of like the you need to get the cement from somewhere, right? So the development of your cardiovascular system and your muscles that gives you the material to build with, right? You know what I mean? So it all comes from the breath, right? And especially for me, when I work out, I I'm not working out to like get huge, bro. You know mm. what I mean? I just want to be strong and be fit and bro. do cool shit. Bro. <laughs> Bro. Yeah. 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 No, I've been doing the same thing. Just really, uh, my workout has been Kung Fu. You know, because, uh, I mean, I'm already a big guy. I don't need to get much bigger. You know, I don't <laughs> I don't need any more of that right now. Um, yeah, but, but lifting, weight, lifting weights a few times a week isn't a bad thing. Oh, right. Know? Yeah. It just, But I just, ha- I get like, I really want to go heavy, heavy and like, you know, I got all swole and stuff and I just don't want to get any bigger. <laughs> you know, I got to, I got to cut, you know, so I mainly keep it to isometrics and and our, our, our material. That's the best thing for longevity of your joints and your health is to make sure that your body weight is manageable. You know what right. I mean? Like, like is to make sure that you're at a, at a healthy body weight. So like the elimination of excess body fat will also then trim down visceral body fat, which mm-hmm. is going to help your organs improve their circulation and help your, your whole body just work more efficiently. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Like the more fat you have around your adrenal glands, the, the worse they function. Mm. You know? The, and it bogs things down. You know, you have to understand like a lot, you might have capillaries going to most everything, but at the same time, it's motion that pushes blood and lymph through your body. Well, those are those two words of diet and exercise. It's pretty much every, everything that every doctor has ever said about how to maintain a healthy lifestyle and weight, diet and exercise. Right, exactly. I think I'm finally dialing in like diet. You yeah. know what I mean? It like, isn't easy, man. It's not obvious. Dude, it's taken, it's taken so long and then it's like, you know, terrible things happen in your life and you like give up for a couple of months and then yeah. like fucking just. I've been so wishy-washy and back and forth with that, like, but I'm like really, really getting on top of things and like, you know, really sticking to that. Like, oh, the carbs I have will yeah. either be like carbs I make or not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, 
obviously like it's Easter this weekend at the time of recording, so like I'm probably gonna have some crap when I'm going to my oh, mom's course. house. But like it is oh, funny it's though. It's lasagna time, bro. It is. <laughs> what time is it? It's lasagna time. That's the time, baby. <laughs> the only the only watch that I need is is for it to tell me it's lasagna time. <laughs> I love too though. It's it's so funny how in my experience is how how quickly stuff can make you fall off. You're like I'm doing good with everything. You know, I'm eating good. I got kale. I got chicken. I got this. I got that. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm fasting. And then you're like, and then you're like, oh, I had a rough week. You know, it really helped level this out. A um, a uh, lava lamp's worth of high fructose corn syrup. And you're just like, <laughs> and you're like, I. And your body's like, are you sure? You're like, fuck yes, I'm sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Put on your blindfold on because we're driving. And it's like, no. This lava lamp's mango flavored. Yeah. <laughs> Drinking a lava lamp's worth of, listen. The United States is already a bananas place when it comes to <laughs> me- units of measurement, and I just think lava lamp should be should be. Have you ever it's se- a fair unit of measurement. You're absolutely right. Have you ever Have you ever seen that meme where it's, it's like, like this horse is 16 hamburgers yeah, tall, yeah. or it's like <laughs> where it was like it was like that Reddit. It was like uh, it was on Reddit where it was like a post that was like uh, like oh a uh, like uh, like oh this thing is a. Uh, <laughs> like, oh, this football fielder, this bus is about three and a half whales long. And someone from Europe was like, man, man, Americans will, will use anything but the metric system to measure something. And he goes, I dare you to come within three and a half whales of the United States and say that. <laughs> it's, like, it's so true. It's uh, like, the internet, all the memes, I freaking love it, man. I, like I know metric exactly system which one. Memes. They'll literally use anything but the metric system. Yeah. <laughs> but just yeah. funny enough, the, talking about diet, people are always talking about how, like... <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> this meme, Americans would use anything other than the metric system. It's an article that says, Doggy-sized pothole patched on north side. <laughs> and there's a literal yellow lab up to its, uh, up to its legs. He's and, with and, the and Department a... of Transportation. He has a hard hat on. <laughs> yeah, he's got he's, a red he, bandana. Yeah, he's ready to go. He's very official. He looks real happy, too. I'm glad he's enjoying his job. Well, but... f- funny enough, I found this earlier, right? So we're talking about, like, diet and <laughs> diet and nutrition and everything like that. And I know how some people, like, they start getting into... Kung Fu and Buddhism and spirituality and meditating, they feel like they have to preserve life and only eat plants and not animals. Well, here's an article (laughs) at greenlivingtribe.com. Vegans upset by new research that plants are conscious and scream when dying. Isn't that amazing? Plants know when they're being eaten. Oh, my God. A new study is upsetting many vegans and vegetarians as it shows that plants make sounds when dying. For the first time, researchers have discovered that plants are able to hear or smell. However, these airborne vibrations could open up a new field in precision agriculture where farmers listen for water-starved crops. That's pretty interesting. Whoa. Researchers at Tel Aviv University in Israel found that tomato and tobacco plants made sounds when stressed by a lack of water or their stem is cut. These sounds humans cannot hear, but the vibrations can be felt on nearby leaves. When water is lacking, the tomatoes and tobacco plants emit sounds that are inaudible to humans. This was discovered by... I'm going to butcher this... Uh, it's at Kite of Tel Aviv University when he noted. I'm sorry, in advance. That's not his when name. He no- but you know who you are. <laughs> when, I guess. He, when he noticed his tomato plant made <laughs> noises during its daily cycle of wilting on hot days, then reviving at nightfall. In a study done by the University of Missouri, researchers found that plants can actually hear other plants screaming in pain. In a recent study, scientists discovered that some species' frequencies range from 50 hertz for smaller ones like petunias and carnations to 20 kilohertz for larger types such as chili peppers or corn. 
Other plant life could have listened in on what was happening this when another is, is squealing in pain. In pain. My kernels! Go oh God! It's oh. like it's like a bad. It's like sausage party. Yeah. It's oh. like it's like sausage party. It's, it's fascinating and horrifying at the same time. What's more visceral and horrifying is that they em- they're emphasizing not that they can emit screams of pain but they keep emphasizing that other plants can hear the plants doing that for some reason that's like it's like you being in an apartment where there's like a fight going on next door and you're just trying to like eat your mac and cheese and not, <laughs> be like okay hopefully they don't break through the drywall and there, there's something i heard recently where like if humans were able to hear and listen to all the sounds in the ocean it would just be constant screaming there's death everywhere and now we know that happens on land as well Dude. Well, I mean, like, it's the truth. It does happen everywhere. Nature is not kind by no. any means. It's just the the fact that there is almost you, always ubiquitous screaming <laughs> coming from yeah. nature. That's that's the world we live in, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. <laughs> you can't escape it. And that's, that's unbelievable. And it almost, uh, you know, begs the question of just, like, now is there any kind of, you know, can you feel like you're not killing anything by eating a salad? You know, oh, it's I'm vegan. It's less impact on the environment. No, they're dying, and they feel all the pain, and they scream. Those those big heads of lettuce. <laughs> yeah. So here's another thing from Daily Mail. Um, researchers at the University of Missouri found that plants can identify sounds nearby, such as the sound of eating, and then react to the threats in their environment. Previous research has investigated how plants respond to acoustic energy, including music said Heidi Appel, senior research scientist in the Division of Plant Sciences in the College of Agriculture, Food and Natural Resources, and the Bond Life Sciences. That's a I'm long sure, I'm fucking sure that title title. Fits quite a title. I'm Jesus sure that title Christ. fits nicely on her LinkedIn profile. Yeah. <laughs> you need like three tabs open to read her one LinkedIn profile. <laughs> she needs six tweet. doors to have that on the glass. You <laughs> oh know? my God. Jesus. However, our work is the first example of how plants respond to an ecologically relevant vibration. We found that quote-unquote feeding vibrations signal changes in the plant's cell metabolism creating more defensive chemicals that can repel attacks from caterpillars that's it i'm going carnivore it's almost like everything is vibration (laughs) oh no it's as if the universe is just vibration and there is no such thing (laughs) as solidity we are all actually empty space hey dr nick the only thing that is solid is my wooden bye everybody (laughs) thanks dr nick (laughs) remember the simpsons movie yeah i'm not spoiling anything it came out like 15 years ago (laughs) good movie Shut the fuck up. Yeah, seriously. They kill off Dr. Nick. Yeah. Oh, dude. And he always says, hi, everybody. And then he get, like, he's like under the bus and he just goes, bye, everybody, and dies. <laughs> and my friend just looks at me and goes, did they just fucking kill Dr. Nick? <laughs> Decades old character. You're going to kill him off under a bus like that? Ugh. Oh, my God. Beloved by all, Dr. Nick. Rest in peace. So ridiculous! It's absolutely ridiculous. And how did we get on the Simpsons? I don't know. I how have we got no here. idea. Back from a little break, and I think what we were discussing before we all need to take a little hiatus is uh, ve- veganism and and screaming plants, plants <laughs> screaming and letting other plants know that they're being viciously murdered. By there is humans. now a moral dilemma to veganism. Well, it's funny <laughs> because there's even a lot of talk about that the warrior monks would eat meat or would eat fish or would be able to, 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 to just to fuel themselves, you know what I mean? And this whole understanding of like, do we take life or do we not take life? And there is a spiritual element a lot to training and to traditional training especially. And what I see a lot of actually, funny enough, is I see a lot of traditional schools with very Christian um, 
instructors, which I find very interesting that there are these spiritual really? people that relate it back to, yeah, if you've ever been to Masters Unite and stuff, there's a lot of God talk, there's a lot of Jesus talk, there's a lot, and online, there's a lot of talk about that too, and, and, and I love it, I think it's a great thing, because we're taking, instead of, instead of shying away from other ideas, we're using them to enhance our faith, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So instead of shying away from the concepts of spirituality that might not necessarily line up with yours, you're understanding that even if you do believe in a Christian God or you believe in Allah or if you believe in whatever you believe in, that there is all this other stuff that happened in the world at the same time and it's all part of one big grand master plan or not, mm. or not. It doesn't matter. You, you know, the, the, the concepts here of respecting life, right? That's where it all really comes from, that Buddhist ideology of, like, not taking life to sustain your own and leaving no damage. It's like, yeah, but, like, every time you get behind a car, something's gonna die. And even if you are a vegan and you're you're talking about all you're eating is almonds and soy, think about the tens of thousands of animals that die so that those can be harvested and And everything like that. that combo does sound nutritionally complete. (laughs) Yes. No, well, you, you know, you know what I mean, I know, but I know, I know. but it's just like you know these 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 vast harvests and these big crops and everything like that. They're they're not great for the environment. There's an insane amount of like chipmunks and voles. I think where another animal and just oh, gets yeah. dug up, like these everything. Small rodents yeah. are just getting slaughtered. Yeah, that's what happens when they harvest these these vegetables. But it know? doesn't matter. You know, like like life <laughs> consumes life. That's really what it all boils down to. Life consumes life, and we all have the the uh, right to defend ourselves from some something or someone trying to take our life, which is why we train. Right. You know. But yeah, life consumes life. So just to be a spiritual person, I don't think you need to. And, and respect the traditions. I don't think you need to become... I did that for five years. I was vegetarian for five years. I mean, I would flip-flop back and forth between pescatarianism and vegetarianism, especially after I had my surgery. But then my ideologies changed. It's like, you know, life li- life consumes life, and as long as you respect it and you try to source ethically, I really don't see any issues with it, you know? But I think it, it is was... very I think it is very natural. I mean, you just... I mean, having a, having a wide, varied diet just seems to be something that's pretty... They feel like consistent among, I mean, even like earlier civilizations, hunter, you know, hunter gatherers. I mean, just fruits, berries, fish, sea, you know, sea life, crustaceans, wild game, right, and a it, mammoth. And a lot of depending that is, on what time period you're in. Yeah, and a lot of that throughout history is is cultural mammoth in that brisket. they're. Mm. <laughs> What's that? Mammoth brisket. Mm. <laughs> it's probably delicious, <laughs> but uh, all a lot of that was also a product of their culture, and their culture was heavily influenced by their environment. And so, uh, thank you, sir. Ed is just handing me my tea, um, <laughs> which uh, we, I do enjoy tea every now and then, not very often. But anyway, uh, what I was saying was that um, a lot of those practices are a product of their culture uh, related to geography. You know, like the the Japanese were had a, a great deal of their food source came from the ocean. Um, guess what? They're an island. You know, <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, and so you get some other mythology comes from that as well. You know what I mean? Well, their whole country yeah. is if we walk too far in any anywhere, we will be in the ocean. So well, funny like, enough, like. Talk about being an elder millennial, but like, uh, so, uh, what is it? What was the one? Not not Gyarados, the the little fish Pokemon. Uh, Magikarp. Magikarp. Magikarp becomes a Gyarados. Yeah. Because in in uh, Japanese lore, if a carp could swim its way like a salmon up a 
uh, waterfall and reach the top, it would become a dragon. This is the koi fish. You're koi fish, about. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. But magic carp is much like a koi fish, and then it becomes a water dragon, which is you know it comes from that that lore that 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 uh, mythology, which I think is pretty cool. And it's very popular in body art and tattoos. Like when you see somebody with a koi fish, there's actually a meaning for um, what direction it's facing, like a downward yeah, facing downward koi. Upward. I think represents good luck. I'm not sure. I really really uh, had the idea to get a koi for a long time, but it just hasn't happened. Uh, but yeah, and then there's also the other version where it's facing upward and it almost looks scaled, but it's still a fish. It has like dragon scales. It represents the dragon koi. So um, yeah, I, I had a brief fascination with uh, with that kind of mythology for some time. So I, yeah, you know what? And I'm just making. I, I didn't even make that translation until now. Being a Pokemon fan throughout my childhood, you know, didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah. So for any any of uh, our other crew that's listening out there, that's like between 26 and 35 that knows what we're talking about, you know. Yeah, the, the fable of the koi is actually what Gyarados is. <laughs> Literally. And so, yeah, so I really, you know, I really enjoyed our conversation today about, like, just just tradition and what it does for us during our daily lives and everything like that and, like, how it, why it's important, you know? Yeah. Why it's important. And, and, again, it's because you have to do it because you love it. There is a certain aspect of training traditionally that's keeping those traditions alive. Yeah. Part of that is the why in doing it because you're keeping those things. You're, you don't want to lose yeah. that knowledge. It's much like how we lost the knowledge of manufacturing in America. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? We let that knowledge go. We let it slip because of corporate greed and corporate interest. We let the traditions, we let the old ways go. Now if our cell phones and our electricity goes, what are we going to do? And it's because of this ideology of like, well, pff, I'm never going to need to know how to do that. But like maybe, maybe it would be good to learn. Maybe it should yeah. be part of our basic education to learn how to survive and be part of the planet that we live on, right? Mm. So upholding tradition and the ideology of it, 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 it can expand outward to so much more than just, you know, making sure you know how to use a chain whip. You know what I mean? Like right. it, it's, it's so much more than just that. It's so much more than what some people might just call LARPing or like dangerous LARPing. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like it's it's so much more than that. There's so much more to it. We're not playing monk. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're keeping these traditions alive and we're learning these techniques and doing the work that most people don't want to do. And the know? traditions and the and the traditions are kept alive just through daily practice. Like even something as like your daily practice of you going you you, know, you being in the bag room of LA Fitness and going over your forms or doing your stance work or doing, you know, what you need to do to keep yourself on your A-game, you know, and you think of it just as that. But that's one of the benefits of traditional training is – and the that mindset is that you're doing more than just benefiting yourself. You are keeping the system alive, and by fine-tuning yourself, you're also – moving the system forward in a small way. Absolutely. And then understanding your traditional technique enough to then apply it to a more modern self-defense or fighting competition uh, scenario and also the mental toughness that comes from training traditionally into the rest of your life and career mm. or, or studentship or, or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it's very rare for a bad idea to be around as long as Kung Fu has. You know, there's a few, sure, there's a few old really bad ideas out there, but... If something has been around for as long as it has been, it's kind of a testament to its longevity and its truth that that, uh, that comes from training within it. Like, I don't think that anybody would be doing Kung Fu if it wasn't a legitimately awesome and amazing thing to be a part of. And it was important to us. It, it, it does activate something, you know. It's like, you, it's really, it gets you to a level of fitness that you wouldn't be otherwise. You're part of something that people have bled and died to keep alive. Yeah. And when you have the opportunity to take that and carry it on, 
you can extend that knowledge and that lineage to the next generation after you. That's what it's about. Right. And there's something motivating. It's a different type of motivation and understanding that, like, it's not just about, oh, I go to this place and I do something that's cool. Because, like, trust me, that is, in essence, a piece of it. That is kind of, if you're just looking at it, you know, through the, through the, through the, um, you know, the, the storefront glass, that's kind of what it, what it is. But there obviously is an egoic component of wanting to be physically superior and wanting to be acrobatically superior. Yeah, you know what I mean? Of course. But, the, the, you know, on top of that, there is that. And again, this is more of an understanding that you get at a higher level with a more refined appreciation and perspective on what you're doing. Which we're it, just scratching the surface yes, of. Yes, yes. And, and, and this can be much more motivating also, a different form of motivation, is this I am helping to, kind of like as you said, Ed, reiterating, uh, I am helping to further and literally keep alive, keep the pulse going of a piece of history that that literally is kept alive through practice and th- it's it's kept alive through people through movement through teaching through fighting you know and that's something that is really really interesting something that was you know has you know is is come along you know 1500 years in the making from china to savage the body to spirit the mind yeah man. has come has come from there to here to be able to be practiced and upheld by people like our teachers and our school and our and even ourselves to be able to you know, keep that legacy and that lineage going. So, so guys, please keep in touch with us via our Instagram at Marshall Mindcast. That is the main hub right now for communication with us and for following along for what we're doing. As we expand outward and gain more support, we plan on doing so much more. This is just the tip of the iceberg. This is just the beginning. We love you guys. Thank you for being there for us and for listening. And also, uh, please check out our, uh, if you're interested or you're in the New York area or interested in learning more about our school specifically, please check out our website at www.shaolinlohan.com. Uh, that is That's the, the school's website. School's the web- podcast yeah, yes, website, the, school's, yeah. the school's website. Um, also, um, Authentic Shaolin. I think it's Authentic Shaolin Kung Fu on YouTube. Is, yes. Is uh, Seagong Greg's YouTube channel. Um, also check out his Mythbuster series. That is definitely yeah, a really, really awesome Kung Fu series. Yeah. Because it, it, it dispels a lot of the rumors. And if you are a Kung Fu practitioner from elsewhere and you're having trouble maybe explaining or people don't necessarily believe you, it, it's a good reference point because you can just pull up a video and be like, well, this guy explains it really well. And, yeah. You know? He, he basically, he'll basically will go through literally myths or things that people, misconceptions about you know about kung fu and 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 it's um, and literally more about its modern application so this guy this guy as in like you talking to somebody who you don't know who you're like in england or something you know what i mean not like me referring to sigong as like just this guy so <laughs> oh gonna, yeah you know I, yeah, yeah say that you know oh oh I mean? yeah like yeah. as someone who's been I'm like, like, oh, I'm this like, guy I'm like speaking really... as somebody else yes. you know what i mean yeah uh, right, right. yeah like oh, this guy does this guy know what he's you know and he's like yeah well you know Look! Look at look at him, and he will take you through. This is how drunken boxing is. A, this is the principle of some of the principles of of drunken boxing. This is how it's applied on a person, and this is what it would look like in somewhat of a fighting scenario, and and how self defense techniques are derived from that, and things like that. And it goes through everything through drunken weapons. boxing, broadsword, sanda. Yeah, yeah, literally everything. So that's a really good. Um, that's a playlist that's on the YouTube channel. Uh, we'll hopefully be starting that again sometime in the near future. Uh, also, his uh, TikTok, which is Sifu Greg Zilb. I believe so. Yeah, uh, Shifu. S H I F U. There's an H in there. Yeah, S H I F U G R E G G Z I L B. And yeah, thank you so much for listening to the Marshall Mind Podcast. And uh, yeah, we'll be back again soon.